0: What's up party people on this upcoming episode of the Better Fantasy Bureau podcast We're here to discuss the running backs Which is always a very popular topic on which running backs to take and where So we have our running back show coming up And to update you also with all the news and all the noise and everything going around the NFL Here on August 6th of this episode of the Better Fantasy Bureau podcast All right, brain, you don't like me and I don't like you but let's just do this and i can get back to killing you with fear.
1: you are now tuned into the better fantasy bureau podcast cast
0: this place is an untapped resource
1: i love it
0: with your host flex with Liz. you must think i'm pretty stupid
1: i'm dangerous i'm very
0: very dangerous
1: and alex marquette your voice is like a combination of fergie and jesus For the everyday fantasy sports player. I would rather listen to Fran Drescher
0: for eight hours. Now,
1: I am going to teach some kids a lesson. They're
0: a bunch of (laughs) f***ing amateurs. And now, on with the show, Party People. What's up, Party People? Welcome, 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 welcome to another fantastic, exciting and always informative episode of the Better Fantasy Bureau podcast. I am your man for the Grand Flex Hitlist. here with my co-host, live in direct with much respect, Alex Marchetti. What's up, BFAs? What? How's it going? What's up, party people? Welcome to another episode of the Better Fantasy Bureau podcast. It is already in August. A lot of drafts about to take place soon. Uh, there goes a the computer in the background. Um, We did our draft already. Speaking of drafts, we have our... Uh, Dynasty draft that we completed. Finally. Well, you know, it takes it's not easy. Finally. Well, we, we did our dynasty mock-up draft. That was fun to do. That was fun. Shout out to a Sweet Spot here in New York that uh not, not allowed us ma- to host start, the startup draft. I said, said startup. No, you said mock-up. Startup. Yeah. We'll listen to this again. We'll see what happens. Um But yeah, so so Marchetti, what did you think about your team that you had drafted in your dynasty? I'm okay with it. Um,
1: I, I really like my team. Obviously, I've been playing Dynasty for a long time. Uh, so you
0: feel you're better than all of us already?
1: Yeah, of course. Okay. Of course. Come on, man. You got to look at my team, such how an, I selected my players. Such an The only thing uh, I felt like. You're a real piece of work. You know that. The the only thing I regret from my draft, from our draft, right, or well, my selection is that I didn't get Devontae Freeman. In the fourth, I thought he was going to wrap around in the fifth for me. I ended up selecting Robert Woods, and um. And then uh, you know, he didn't come back to me, and then I ended up going with DJ Moore. So, when you really wanted Devontae Freeman that bad, I I thought you know yeah because I like I like the team how I started. I, I, my first pick was DeAndre Hopkins, then it was Keenan Allen. And then I got um, carry on Johnson, right? So I'm like, wide receiver, wide receiver, running back. None of this sounds exciting. <laughs> and, and then, you know, I was like, all right, let me go back. I'm like, you know what? I like Robert Woods, where I was at in the fourth pick uh, uh, of the fourth round. And I was like, you know what? I think in the wraparound, I'll be able to get Devontae Freeman. And I didn't get him,
0: and I ended up getting DJ Moore. What um, rookie did you take in this Dynasty startup uh, draft that you felt like stood out to you that you're happy about?
1: Oof. um, I got to look at my team right now, man. What rookie I selected. There's a couple of rookies I selected that I like. uh, Which
0: rookie? I only see three. Four. Four, right? Let me see. Justin, Justin Washington. Just,
1: I, I didn't get Justice Hill. I really wanted Justice Hill. Adam Shaheen,
0: who's hurt right no, now. No, I don't have
1: Adam Shaheen. I
0: dropped him. I'm saying who you drafted.
1: Oh, okay. He, he's not a rookie anyway. This is his, sec, uh, his third year, actually. Never heard
0: of him. You never heard of Adam? Well, you see, is that you don't, you haven't done Dynasty. Oh, I'm sorry. I don't care about irrelevant players. If he's been around for three years and I never heard of him. The thing
1: about Dynasty, the beautiful part about Dynasty is that you're having this little baby come out the womb into the world No, cuz I care uh, about babies. The, the <laughs> to the world of the of 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 football and you're just waiting. You know, you see the potential there that you saw in college and you're just letting them there, you know, you grooming them, just waiting until they fully blossom into an awesome fantasy football player. I'm very uncomfortable right now. Um anyway, Adam Shaheen, he's well, only- from a, he's from a division Two NCAA Division II school and he was selected, I believe, was in the second or third round
0: of three years ago. And he's still no money. And he's hurt. Uh they took a chance. Yes, yes. Okay. Andre Isabella and Debo Samuels like the only ones you took.
1: Well, I like Andy Isabella. Andy Isabella has a good chance. You know, um, if you feel the Cardinals office is definitely gonna have a tick up. You know he—he's a player that uh, you know he—he he did really good in in college. You know I know he's hurt right now, but you know what? This is dynasty. It's not like I'm worried about. You know this is not a redraft, all right, guys. This is dynasty, so this is for the long haul. You're gonna have players that are injured out for the year. You're not gonna drop them, you know, or suspended. There, there's there's people in other leagues that I that I'm in that hasn't dropped Josh Gordon. You know? No, I get so, it. So. You know, it's, it's I'm
0: not, happen. I'm just, uh, the question was, that. The, the question you're, 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 just was, was which you're, you're,
1: rookies you took that you like. Right. <laughs> is. And the obvious one is Darrell Henderson. Hello. Mm. I got Darrell Henderson mm. for the Rams mm.
0: and you know, overrated. He's overrated. He's not going to be used there as, like, the straight RB2 that you think he's going to be there. Show me why he's overrated. Because he's not going to be used as a straight. Like, people just think that if Todd Gurley gets hurt or something if bad with this was redraft,
1: needs, okay, maybe you have a
0: point, but this is the long haul. This is, is dynasty. I'm in this forever. Somebody thinks, you know what I'm saying? People are thinking that Darrell Henderson is the next guy up. The next guy up is going to be Malcolm Brown. That's what you think. That's what it is. That's what you think. That's what it is. What what it is. Okay.
1: That's, you know, you know, you have your prerogative. You have the players that you think are better, et cetera. That's fine. But, yeah, Darrell Henderson. Uh, I, I like a lot of players that I selected that are sophomores now, you know. This is their second year. Players like Royce Freeman. You know, like I think I got him at a good value. You know, Royce Freeman was going, you know, in redrafts, he was going really high. And he didn't perform to his, uh, you know, draft position, you know. That the, the players that I, that I like is those players, you know, and a, another player, you could say James Washington. Now he's going to have a step up, you know, filling the hole for Jimmy Smith-Schuster, while Jimmy Sh- Smith-Schuster is filling the hole for Tony Brown. I said Jimmy? Twice. Oh, okay.
0: <laughs> Smith-Schuster. Juju. Juju. <laughs> Juju, Jimmy. What's the matter with you? The fantasy football podcasts, so yeah,
1: Pete'sake, Juju Smith Schuster, all right, but yeah, so I, James Washington is a player I like. Robert Foster is a player that is, is, he's a flyer for me. You know, he did really good like in the end of the season last season. So, you know, um, if he would build that rapport with Josh Allen, you know, there is a potential. The only thing that hurts him now is that the players that they that the Bills uh, signed. You know, Cole Beasley, John Brown. Those are, you know, so I don't know how much reps, how much uh, opportunities he's going to get, it, how many snaps. But this is dynasty. This is what you play for. And, you know, uh, I, I like it. I like another player I like that is could be a sleeper and could definitely have, you know, perform, overperform his uh, ADP is David Moore, Seattle Seahawks. You know, right now uh, your boy is hurt. Your boy DJ Metcalf. <laughs> he's
0: hurt right now. David huh? Bohr. Seattle Seahawks. Yeah. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Um I was happy with my draft. I was happy with what I did. Um I was happy I was happy that I that I, I filled in some needs for now, some needs in the future. Like I'm happy I took Kareem Hunt for the future, which I feel is gonna be an impact. Uh, on that team is going to be relevant fantasy-wise and NFL-wise. Uh, I was happy with uh, some of the rookies I took, like with like Devin Singletary, Miko Harmon, Alexander Madison, which were all the ones that I kind of wanted and targeted that I feel going to have uh, potential to have a brighter future. I think Alexander Madison might make the more direct impact because of the fact that I believe that Dalvin Cook is going to get hurt, as he, for the most part, always has. Um, So I feel like he'll have like a more direct impact out of all those rookies that I drafted uh and yeah like you said some second round guys like mark andrews that i got and everybody else uh you know a couple other people so i'm, I'm pretty happy with my team overall first two i'm pick- surprised that david johnson fell to me the way he did i had a second overall pick david johnson still ended up falling to me with uh you know in in the in at the end of the second round
1: i was looking at him and i just decided to go with keenan allen uh I felt like you kind of reached. Sometimes it, it was hard because you was hosting. You was you know you, you was conducting the live, the you know the draft. You know sticker bitch. The, yeah, you was the sticker bitch. Yes, okay. You you were the sticker bitch. Um, but at times I felt like you might have reached. You know, there's some players that you really loved. So you know if it works out you Well I just you're, I you're took great- it I
0: took them like because of what I feel like my team needed at the time like the first three picks I went two running backs and then I went tight end with George Kittle I just you know George Kittle He's younger than Amari Cooper. I don't know what Amari Cooper. He's been inconsistent with the Raiders. He had one good year with the with the Cowboys. The Cowboys, we don't know what's going on. The Zeke situation, the Dak Prescott situation, you know, then who knows how long Amari Cooper's going to be there. This is dynasty. This is long-term. I knew George Kittle was always going to be the man in the 49ers, and, you know, he's a great talent. So I took him because I just didn't know if he was going to be better than Amari Cooper. I didn't want Antonio Brown. I didn't want Adam Thielen. Uh, so I decided to go. Then I had to go wide receiver heavy. So that's why I went Jarvis Landry, who's still really young, who's still a good wide receiver two to have. So all right. So then I went Tyler Boyd, who's also still really young, and I think he's going to be the emergence of wide receiver one for that offense after A.J. Green, you know, when he's hurt right now, he's probably going to get hurt again. He's at the back end of his career. It looks like Tyler Boyd's going to be that wide receiver one to step up with that offense. And then I reach for Julian Edelman, who is a short fire guy now, who's going to be great. So it gives me no. The I love to that Julian Edelman pick for now. You know, if you're competing for now, that's a good because pick. of the fact. Well, also because of the fact that I don't have really strong wide receivers. We play two flexes with two wide receivers. I didn't have any strong wide receivers. You know, I was I was very I was happy with Jarvis Landry and Tyler Boyd. But I wasn't overly confident, so I needed a strong wide receiver to play. And then Julian Edelman gave me that confidence that I could have, you know, because he has a, he could be a wide receiver one. You know, he could be a top 12 wide receiver in the game, Julian Edelman. Yeah. So that's why I ended up taking him because I needed, like, that dominant wide receiver one. So with Julian Edelman, Christian McCaffrey, David Johnson, and George Kittle, that's a strong four right there. Then I have Kareem Hunt for the future dynasty, you know. So I reach for him a bit. Who's your top five? Like, who's definitely going to be starting? I can, can you name me the two running backs, the two wide receivers, a quarterback, and your tight end. George Kittle, your tight end. Christian McCaffrey, David Johnson, uh, Jarvis Landry, uh, Julian Edelman. Uh-huh. And Who's your quarterback? Mike Ryan. All right. Mine is Baker Mayfield,
1: Kerryon Johnson, Chris Carson, DeAndre Hopkins, Keenan Allen, and Vance McDonald. So mm-hmm. I win. Who's your flex? This is the tiebreaker. my Tyler Boyd. Robert Woods. Yeah, I win. I win. win. What are you talking about? I win. Get out of town. Who's your second flex? Really? You want to get there? Yeah. You want to go there? My second flex. All right. If this pans out, I'll I'll win this league. You won't. Carlos Hyde. No, I won't. Damian Williams continues... With his lingering hamstring. I'm I'm laughing straight to the bank with this because I have Carlos Hyde. You're you're a lingering hamstring. Uh oh, I, so,
0: it, it, all right, Royce Freeman. Okay. You don't want you don't like Carlos Hyde? Give me Royce Freeman. I'm just gonna argue with him and say it the time. Come on, uh, bro. talking about some news that's going on here in the NFL. Uh so I saw an interesting one today news yep i saw an interesting one today that i posted up on our uh bfb page once again follow us on instagram and on twitter at bfb podcast for all the updates i put up as fast as i can the quick you know pictures and the stats of um the new news that's coming up and this is one that just anderson reports that ezekiel elliott will not play in 2019 without a new contract it seems that this is something that is becoming a real thing. We were more worried about the Melvin Gordon thing than we were the Zeke thing, but now this is making us more nervous about it because of the fact exactly what happened with Le'Veon Bell last year. This has become a real problem when star running backs tend to hold out. Uh, we're not going to get too much into that because we're going to have that segment uh, next week, about uh, next week, sorry, next episode, which will be tomorrow we're going to record. Uh, I feel bad for you, Andy. <laughs> yeah. Sorry, Andy. Shout out! Shout out to Mo.
1: Mo said, "Do not draft Ezekiel Elliott," and you know and he, he he's known as the the fantasy football savant.
0: <laughs> I guess savant. <laughs> uh, oh, new uh, NJ. reports: Miles Sanders has easily been the most impressive runner throughout the, through the Eagles' first ten training camp practices. Is that news to you or is that just noise? That's just noise. Um the Eagles they like
1: to utilize a lot of the running backs. They don't they don't have the philosophy uh of having that bell cow running back like uh, like the Steelers, you know, the Steelers are known to just trust one running back and give them like seventy, eighty percent of the the snaps, you know. Uh the Eagles are not known for that. They like to spread the spread the wealth and utilize most sometimes they utilize five running backs in one game, you know. Um, I cannot see him as like the pro bono, like ending up like a RB one, you know. He might outsnap Jordan Howard. Okay. I I I, I could I, I, I could agree with that one.
0: But Jordan Howard is still gonna get some snaps. Um no, I agree. It's going to be like a committee because there's too many people back there. You got Chloe Clement, you got Wendell Smallwood, you got Josh Adams. You know, like there's a lot Terrence of Aaron Sproles. They you know, just Darrence signed Burles. for You got year. a whole bunch of people in there. Uh, it's it's a running back a committee that I like to stay away from. But it just seems like if you were to pick one, it seems like Miles Sanders would be the guy to go to because he's the one that's showing to be the most impressive one.
1: But re- re- remember, just uh, just to add to it, remember when uh, they traded for Ayayi. Ajayi Ajayi. Ajayi. I, you know, I I I murder everyone's name. That's I am known for that. So Ajaji.
0: <laughs> also, like- Reuben the doctor says you have to pronounce Achilles properly. Achilles, not Achilles. Okay, Achilles, Achilles, yes, Achilles. <laughs> Ruben Achilles. Sorry, Doctor Fernandez. We can't. <laughs> we can't say his name.
1: Ah, uh, damn. Uh so remember the hype after they uh, traded for. Ajayi, mm-hmm. a lot of people were up on
0: him, and oh. well, but what it, it well, it's not that what happened is just if you know he was hurt. That's what the main thing that happened was hurt, but also it's because it wasn't anybody else really. I mean, there was other people to compete in there, but not as much as now because. No, but, because but I'm saying it,
1: that because you got traded midseason. season. Remember that.
0: Right, no, we got traded this season because of the fact that all these emergence of these other running backs that we didn't know about. Like, the only reason that it's even relevant that we mention guys like Corey Clement and Wendell Smallwood and Josh Adams is because of the fact we've seen them. And we've seen them play, and we've seen them perform. we also seen them disappoint, which is why the fact that we can't really trust too much guys like Miles Sanders and Jordan Howard to be the main guy. Yeah. Because we thought of that before with change. It's not that so much what happened, he was hurt, and, uh, you know, well, they didn't trade J.J. from Philly. He, they, they, they traded for him. They traded for him, yeah. Yeah. They traded
1: because it was with the Dolphins that he was doing good yeah, yeah, for yeah, the Dolphins. Yeah, they traded for him so that's why. They deal. traded, what was, what was it, a fourth-round pick or a third-round pick? And, you know, once they traded for him, everyone was like, he's going to be the bell cow, he's going to be the leading dog, and he underperformed. Like, he did better. I don't think so much he underperformed is that he was hurt that was his biggest well, problem. Uh, was underperformed the expectations like him as a football player he might have not underperformed because he was hurt I, i'm i'm looking at the the points that he, uh, fantasy points he underperformed the fantasy points
0: let's just put it that way because he was hurt I, i'm not talking about his, that he was inefficient as a football player no i get it but all this is because he was hurt it's not like he had it's not like he ran the ball a bunch of times and didn't do nothing with it okay you know what i mean uh Andrew Luck told uh, NBC Sports, Peter King, he believes he will be ready for week one, but still his calf is not 100%. This is something that has been uh, lingering. This is something that has been ongoing, and it seems like it will be a real thing, his uh, problem with his calf. What, does you you worry Now, does that make you a little bit worried about taking Andrew Luck, and what does that do for you for your T.Y. Hilton stat? It doesn't hurt
1: the Ty, I think, because uh, their backup quarterback, Jacoby, uh, J- J- Jacoby Brisket, is it? Was his name? Brissett. <laughs> Brissett <Brissette>, Brisket.
0: <laughs> oh my god. Oh my god.
1: Yeah, uh, uh, Brissett. No, but they call him Brisket. I think. No, they. That's like his no, they nickname. don't. You. Oh my god. <laughs> you know what? I'm kind of hungry. Oh my god. <laughs> Let me get some barbecue right now. Anyway, uh, I don't think it hurts it significantly i'm not targeting andrew luck so you know it, it, in the rankings let's say in the adps then he'll drop a little bit you know like he might drop like half a round or you know one round if that but uh it's a calf injury you know i don't if it was a, 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 a arm or shoulder or something then that would be more more concerning you know um remember uh Aaron Rodgers played with a broken leg last last season, so a calf injury. I don't think we'll, is we'll definitely going to be a setback for him.
0: We'll talk a little bit more about it next week because of the fact that we're doing next sorry next episode because we're in our running back episode, uh, next episode. But uh, I think it's I think it's something that makes me a little more worried about T Y Hilton and Andrew Luck. I'll be honest with you, it t- it makes me a little bit more worried. We'll get into that when we explain the stats next episode tomorrow when we talk about our wide receivers. Uh, And also, this is something that you'll be happy with. uh, Chiefs coach Andy Reid praised Carlos Hyde for taking advantage of Damian Williams' absence. Now, there's something that I wanted to say about that point, right? You know, they're like Darwin Thompson. They have like other running backs there too. With Carlos Hyde, you know, he's 29 years old. He's on like his fourth team in like the past 15 months or whatever it is you know what I mean it seems like he was the next guy up and anybody in an Andy Reid offense is good to have but it's not like it's solidified or like something like that like Carlos Hyde is gonna it's like they, he's gonna be the main guy from now on you know it, over there in, in that high explosive power offensive guys of in Kansas City it's Damian Williams was their guy that they loved was the, you know like that was it like they, they knew that they wanted Damian Williams no matter what and well, they wanted to run with we'll, him. Right, now yeah, he's hurt okay. a little bit. You know what yeah. I mean? But he's. Um, I I just think that if he he comes back, because like it's like for example, like if Saquon Barkley gets hurt and he's gone for eight weeks, he comes back week nine, he's still the best player on the team. You know what I mean? Damien Williams is not necessarily so much that guy, but it's the guy they want him. They want him to be that guy. So, you know, I, I don't think it's gonna be a long term thing for Carlos Hyde to be the main guy for Kansas City. Well, you know how we feel about hamstrings. And it's been lingering. He hasn't
1: gotten any reps. Mm-hmm. When you get no reps, it, it's hard to come back and get that rhythm again, you know? Mm-hmm. And hamstrings, you get healthy, you can feel good, but it could tweak any anytime soon, you know? The season hasn't even started yet. Now, I love running backs that play for Andy Reid. Andy Reid, Andy Reid does a mar- marvelous job with running backs they all perform. If you look at Damien Williams when he was with Miami Dolphins, his rushing per attempt was below 4 yards. He was doing 3.4, 3.7, 3.3, 3.9 and then finally with the Chiefs he went at 5.1, right? Uh the biggest knock with Hyde was last season and and the year before with the Niners, he was under he, he was under the 4 yards per attempt. 3.9, 3.3, 3.4. You know, he was doing horrible. Hey, Andy Reed has a great running scheme, and this might revitalize the career of Carlos Hyde. He wasn't a scrub at the beginning when he was with the Niners. You know, he did some he he he, he did put some good numbers. You know, and then even with with the Cleveland Browns, he was producing good fantasy points. Maybe he was a little inefficient with his touches. But this might change. If Damian Williams continues being hurt, I think Carlos Hyde, who is a veteran,
0: is going to be the one that's gonna, you know, no, no, no. I don't no one's saying. I'm not saying that he's not going to be. I just don't think it's going to be a long term thing. I think when and if Damian Williams comes back and is starting to take reps, he's going to take over and be that guy. I'm not saying it's going to be a forever thing. I don't think it's going to be like a solidifying his position.
1: Well, one thing, uh, if, if with the Chiefs, Andy Reid, right? How many? Running backs have done good. How many running backs have done good? With, yeah. While he's been in the Chiefs, You had Spencer Ware, you had Shandrick uh, uh, uh West, right? Mm-hmm. Of, of course, Kareem Hunt, and uh, you know, like every time somebody gets hurt, there's another player that does great. You know, that does good. You immediately, immediately pick that person up. Sometimes in some leagues, you pick not even the backup. You know, if the backup is not available, you pick up the back of the
0: back of the backup. For the Chiefs, you know. For the six years that Andy Reid has been over there as the head coach, yep. four to six years, uh the RB one has ranked on average twelve point five. On average. There you go. You know, uh, the, how many the, running backs he had? Well the lowest well the lowest was twenty two and the highest number one, but uh lowest was twenty two. Yeah, and you know, if at
1: where Hyde is going, you know, why not take him, you know?
0: Um. Alright, anyway, so Moving on Uh. So now I was going to get into it to so like The main butter of it The main butter of it What does that even mean? What does that even mean? Main like the main butter? bread and butter of it all I guess I want to say It's the main, main butter. butter I don't even understand what? I guess I didn't want to say The bread and butter of it all You know what I mean? There you like, go But I Oh my god I'm not that smart You know that Let's go into it Let's talk about the running backs And this is going to be The running back show We discuss our running backs And what we basically uh, I thought th-
1: we was going to talk about kickers
0: Oh You thought wrong. So uh, you did bad research. So um, to talk about with the running backs, the way we would like to do it on this show is that we look through the first two rounds and then uh, basically where we decide our stats. Remember, the platform that we always use here is a 12-team PPR. That's how we talk about our ADPs. That's how we talk about who's going where on a 12-team PPR. Obviously, somebody, you know, if it's a 10-team PPR, some of these players will be lower in their ADPs, their average draft positions. So it's 12-team PPR the way we discussed it here. And uh, what we look through our stats on and we encourage you also to look through it also, is Fantasy Football Calculator. Fantasy Football Calculator has been a great website to give you uh, a good amount of stats. We mainly use it for the ADPs and to see where the people are being drafted because it's not by what experts say they are. it's by, It goes by where people actually draft these players. Like, for example, like Saquon Barkley, you know, he's gone as high as 101. In the first, in the first pick in the first round, he's gone as low as the fifth pick in the first round. So that's what it goes by. When it goes like by, we look at average draft positions. We love to use fantasy football calculator to do an actual draft. We um, we look at when we go uh, with uh, with. The sleeper app, that's what we do with actual draft that we love doing. Obviously, sometimes I'll use the ESPN app to draft live, mock draft live with other players, but sometimes it takes like an hour because it takes forever to people make picks and they make some dumb ones, too. Some crazy ones, which could happen. But yeah, it gets annoying. But uh, anyway, so we, we're looking through the, looking through them. We're not going to talk about the first ma- uh, main four guys, which that being said is Saquon Barkley, Ezekiel Elliott, Christian McAfee, Alvin Kamara. We're not going to talk about those guys because we have a segment coming up tomorrow while we're doing a wide receiver episode, a short segment talking about the who to take at number one, which is anywhere between one of those four guys. And we'll talk about that tomorrow. With that being said, somebody I would like to start it off with um, is Nick Chubb. So we looked through the first two rounds to talk about people that stand out for us, whether good or bad with Nick Chubb. Now, currently with an ADP of 2.08, that means the eighth pick in the second round. I have to say it's actually kind of a little bit too much for me. And listen, of course, it has nothing to do with his skill set. He's a great RB. You know, he was ninth in innovating tackles um, with 66 of them. With 66 of them uh, and he was six amongst RBs. And if you look at it this way to another thing. With at least a hundred and you know and fifty carries, right? With all RBs that have hundred and fifty carries at least, Nick Chubb was ranked third out of those with yards per carry. These are for running backs who have at least hundred fifty carries. He was ranked third. He had an average of five point two yards, so he's a really good RB. He could catch the the ball out of the backfield. Um, he only has a six point nine percent drop rate, which that's really good. And you know, he's a really good star running back. And um, especially as a starting running back for a great offense on paper, which seems to be a dominant offense. But he's like a mid and late second round pick. And I'm only paying that for a Nick Chubb to have Nick Chubb for the majority of the season, only a majority of the season, not all of it. You know what I mean? Yeah. I know Kareem Hunt's not going to take away all of Nick Chubb's attempts. He's not going to take away all his plays. There will be a committee over there when Kareem Hunt returns. But still, Kareem Hunt is still a very – good running back they signed him to play him you know what i mean the browns knew they could get a talent like cream hunt for dirt cheap with his disgusting display of behavior that we've all seen you know in um last year we seen what he what he did in that hotel uh, hallway which is disgusting to watch uh but yeah the browns are most certainly they're definitely going to use them they're 100% going to use them hunt was out is out for eight games so that means we're not going to see him till week 10 their bye week is week seven you know what I mean? So we're not gonna see him till week ten because he's out for eight full games. Not eight weeks, eight full games. Um, but that means that I'm basically paying a second round price for Nick Chubb, who is only going to give me nine solid games. Nine out of sixteen. When you pay your second round draft pick, you want to pay somebody that price for someone who's gonna give you the full sixteen weeks the whole season and especially with the playoffs, especially with the playoffs because he's a second round pick. And I'm not saying, I'm not saying people not to draft Nick Chubb. I'm not telling people not to draft him because he's somebody that I might look at, you know, like, but when I look at Nick Chubb, if I draft him, and especially even more so because on to a hot, hot start, I might look to trade him away. I might draft him in the trade him away to get a couple of more assets, uh, extra assets, or better assets. You know, if you drafted him in the dynasty, I think uh, John Raleigh took him out of the dynasty league. If you know, if he does hot, you know, you could probably trade him away for a couple more future round draft picks or, or, or a greater player now. You know what I mean? Um, yeah, it'll be tough, but you know, if you're playing in a, in a league that.
1: You know, if everyone is in tune and know about Kareem Hunt, some, some it's play, gonna be hard.
0: But but what what, what, what unless, if unless they hurt,
1: unless this this they lost a running
0: back and they right. desperately no, need no, one. No, that's what I'm saying. There's a lot of situations to happen. All said, two, et I, I'm yes. just saying I would look to trade them. Now the situations may be different on how and why you're trading him. Yeah, but I I would say I would look to draft them and then possibly trade him. Um, because what's gonna be worse is that if you're killing your league and you're dominating you with somebody like Nick Chubb on your team, who I'm sure was gonna dominate fantasy football wise, you know, uh, but. After the first round, of, you know, and then to start dropping in the last few weeks. And what's even worse, if you end up the, the first, you know, if you're, the, you're the first team and then you lose in the first round of playoffs, you know, that that's going to be worse. All, all because, of the, you know, the, the mean machine cream takes away points and the production that Nick Chubb has been producing for you. Um, I'm. Very big that if you draft him, you got to draft another R&B that's going to have more long-term consistency. And, you know, like, you got to take him. I'll be more confident taking Nick Chubb as my second running back as opposed to, like, my first. So as opposed to, like, drafting a stud wide receiver and then pairing him up with Nick Chubb, I'm not loving that. I'm not loving that because I'm not getting Nick Chubb for a whole season. I know uh, I'm not. That's, that's a big concern, you know, like,
1: looking at that. you drafting a player that high. You don't want to think about, oh, is this player going to be effective or, you know, going to be influencing a lot of games and given the points that he's given the production points, the points that he's, he's producing at the beginning, at the end. Because at the end, we look at the long haul, we look at playoffs, when we draft drafting, we're like, we're envisioning that's, that's our goal is to win a chip. Now, if we see a player that there's a possibility that he might not play or drop significant of snaps and opportunities, then...
0: Selecting a player in the second round—that's that's, that's that, you're asking for a lot. Yeah, yeah, no, no, I get it. I you're do. asking for a lot, and like, it's like we said, like I mentioned before, it has nothing to do with his skill set. It doesn't do with his talent at all. It just has to do with the fact that I know I'm not going to get him for a whole season. Like, if there was no Kareem Hunt, he, i think he would have been in the first round. Maybe he. I think like ended the first round, early second, like earlier than what he was. Yeah, yeah, because like right now he's going as the RB eleven. He definitely will jump up to like maybe the RB eight. And he, none of this is to say, even when Kareem Hunt comes back, and he's still not going to be a top ten RB. It's possible. It's just it's a fear factor that I don't want to live with. You know, we got enough things to worry about on any given Sunday, and it's a fear factor I don't want to live with.
1: You got too many. You got too many miles to feed Hundred percent over there. Hundred percent. So
0: it's it's too much. What other running backs are the running back out to you from rounds one to two? Well, James Conner. James
1: Conner plays for a uh, offense that. They utilized that run, one running back. You're talking about a player that, as far as snaps, he was top four. The other the other players that were ahead of him were the likes of Christian McCaffrey, Saquon Barkley, Ezekiel Elliott, you know. And um, it's not snaps per game. He was top four as far as snap percentage. He was 64 and a half. You know, he had 64 and a half of the snaps uh, in. The games. So you're talking about top six. Todd Gurley, David Johnson, Ezekiel Elliott, Saquon Barkley, Christian McCaffrey. So in, that, in essence, you're, select, you're getting a player that is going to be the bell cow. And not only that, a player that could also catch the ball. You know, he had 71 targets. And this is a player that didn't play a full season. He only played 13 games. He has 71 targets. That's a lot of targets. 55 receptions. He's a player that, you know, if you're in the eighth pick of the first round or the 10th, a, a player that you could definitely, you know, I, 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 with, a, with a lot of confidence, I will select and I won't be mad if you selecting as well. And on top of that, if you select him, you have Todd Gurley on the wraparound. I don't mind getting that. And you have James Conner with Todd Gurley. That, that, that's a good – and if Ty Gurley plays a full season, or even if he gives you 10 games, you're talking about, uh, you know, a, a monster, monster running back lineup. I like James Conner.
0: Um, one big thing what I like about James Conner, where I do, like, feel more confident about him, is that Mike Tomlin's still there. And, you know, Mike Tomlin's another one that also is a very good offensive-minded coach. Um. You know, even if you look at, like, the past, like, four years, his running back one, you know, obviously being Le'Veon Bell, been well above average and has been up there with, you know, an RB1 status, you know, the last three years, like, you know, like, running, running back three, running back 10, running back 18, like, it's, that's why it's quarterback, I'm oh, sorry, I'm looking at I'm running back six, running back two, running back three, running back six, running back one. You know, like, with, with him still there as a head coach, I mean, now, granted, that was with Le'Veon Bell, but what we see with James Conner, which shows Le'Veon Bell-esque to me, is his pass-catching ability. And the only thing is, the, only, the biggest concern I would have about my uh, James Conner is the fact that Antonio Brown is no longer there. Now, we get it. Everybody loves Juju Smith-Schuster. Everybody thinks Juju Smith-Schuster is great. But I don't care what it is. Any offense you have, with Antonio Brown no longer there, your offense definitely gets hurt. Antonio Brown's gone, your offense gets hurt. No, I don't care what player you had to replace him. Your offense is hurt when Antonio Brown is no longer there. He's that much of a beast. Yes. Yeah, and when Antonio Brown is there, your offense is improved. Like, the offense and the Raiders have, have been improved. But um, with with uh, James Conner, you know, with Antonio Brown gone, at the same time you can make the same argument when it comes to a fantasy perspective that – more targets will be going to him because that's the thing that you know, like you mentioned about a lot of targets, and that's the thing that stands out to me about him is that it also his ability to be a pass catcher and a playmaker after catching the ball, which is Le'Veon Bell esque, which is what made him so successful. So, I definitely like it. Mainly also because Mike Tomlin is still there. Hey, listen, and he's, he's going to use him like like used Le'Veon Bell.
1: The Steelers have a great offensive of line, and if you remember, they had. Uh, when Le'Veon Bell was suspended, they had D'Angelo Williams at the age of thirty two. This guy, this guy did work. You know, he ended up being a fantasy asset. You know, he he got you eleven touchdowns, and he was averaging four and a half yards per attempt. D'Angelo oh, I get it, I get it. At, at the age of thirty two, And like I on. said,
0: this all has to do a lot with Mike Tomlin still being there. Yeah, so I you know I am pretty confident in James Conner in taking him as a good RB one for your team. I'm not saying, you know, take him in another RB, but I'm just, I'm confident what happens. Well, well. It,
1: to me, it's like, because he's going to enter the first round, so there's a possibility you get him, and then why not take a chance with Todd Gurley? You already have a running back. I get it. <laughs> and If you get Todd Gurley, and he ends up playing, even if Todd Gurley plays like 10 games, 13 games, you're talking about, you know, a, a, a team that's going to provide you wins, you know, and, you know, I I... I Connor, I think it's
0: is a good pick, and then you
1: know, maybe getting early at the wraparound.
0: Speaking about Le'Veon Bell and with the team with the from the team of the Steelers, that's another one that stands out to me also in this in the first two rounds is Le'Veon Bell. Uh this one is something that I'm a little bit torn by. I'm a little torn by this. Le'Veon Bell is such a stud. You know, we know listen, we're not gonna get into about how much of a stud he is. I'm not gonna talk about his stats on what Steelers. You know, uh just last year this guy was thought to be and still to some degree kind of still is the best running back in all of football. The guy could run. He's fast. He could catch. He's smart. He's elusive. It's everything you want in a running back and more, you know? Um, Currently with an ADP of 107 rising, going up. Like, you know, he's in 107. Le'Veon Bell's talent hasn't changed the whole year off. Right. It's funny when he tweeted last year, you know, like uh, it's gonna be, you know, because this year he tweeted it's gonna be way better, way different. But nobody's really believing that because of what he tweeted last year that was gonna be his best year ever. And if you think about it, it actually might have been his best year ever. He was off the entire year, <laughs> he got to just relaxed, so it might have yeah. been his actual best year ever. But um, just,
1: just imagine, just like taking a, a, a year off and just living a, life, you have money, cabo. and then you could all the money you probably wasted, boom, you could just you know sign a new contract.
0: And, and even though I off. thought he was a little, you, you know, he, he he shortchanged himself and he could have got paid more. But whatever the case is, but that, that's the league. That's not that wasn't him. A lot of people were really crushed by him last year. You know what I mean? Like they took him as a first overall pick. But Le'Veon Bell is such a good player that a lot of people are forgiving him for having him waste their first overall pick because he was taking like first or second in most drafts. And a lot of people have forgiven him already for that and are still willing to take him. Some people maybe haven't. Some people are still sour about it and still don't want to take Le'Veon Bell. But the fact remains that he's already signed on a new offense, on a decently young offense, and he's still a beast of a talent. But the thing that worries me and everybody else is Adam Gase and the Gase effect. And I get it. I know he doesn't really like to use his RBs. It's known by that, right? He doesn't like to use his RBs, his, his running backs, and he, uh, you know he might have... Uh, sort of hold Le'Veon Bell back in a sense. But you got to still look at it this way. I mean, Adam Gase, it's, I really don't think it's all that bad. I'm not 100% to worry about it. You know, Adam Gase in his first year as the offensive coordinator for the Denver Broncos, he had no Sean Moreno as his main running back. No Sean Moreno. He ended up as running back four. In running back four, no Sean Moreno. Yeah, when he was the offensive coordinator, Adam Gates, it's crazy. In 2014, he had C.J. Anderson, and he ended up as running back 10. Unsigned, uh, you know, he was an undrafted uh, rookie. He was undrafted free agent, um, C.J. Anderson, and he ended up as running back 10. As a head coach in Miami, he even had Jay Ajayi, who finished as running back 11th overall. And this is in his first three years there. The real problem lies within the last two years, where he had Kenyon Drake, and that was his running back one. He ended up as the running back 13, and then the running back fourteen. That's what Kenny and Drake ended the last two years, 13 and 14. The thing is this. No Sean Moreno ended up as running back four. CJ Anderson ended up as running back 10. You know what I mean? Even they, uh, Jay Ajayi was 11th, and then Kenny Drake as, as far as, as high as 14, right? Not yeah. the worst. They're all good. Those are all good to say about a running back. None of those running backs are Le'Veon Bell. None of them. None of them are as good as Le'Veon Bell. I know Gase and Bell first got off to Rocky Starts as Gase said that he wouldn't have Le'Veon Bell. This is a third. But when the game starts, I think it's going to just be business as usual. I, I, I strongly believe that Gase, you know, being an offensive-minded coach, I'm not saying he's the right thing for the Jets, for them going forward. I'm not saying all that, but that's a completely different story. We're talking about just the running backs here. Uh, You know, like, Gase had a lot of success because of what he did with Jay Cutler and, of course, Peyton Manning and all this and that and third. You know, he went to the Super Bowl with his first year as offensive coordinator for the Denver Broncos. They lost to the Seattle Seahawks, but still went to the Super Bowl's first year as offensive coordinator. The thing is, is that Le'Veon Bell is better than any, any, any other running back that Adam Gase has had. And I just think it is inevitable that he's going to be used and he has such a talent and that he's going to excel. I just think Sam Darnold's also going to love him. He's a great pass catcher, Le'Veon Bell. Sam Darnold, you know, second year sophomore uh, quarterback, you know, first quarterback taken in the draft uh, during his draft. is going to love having Le'Veon Bell. And listen, right now, I, I have no problem taking Le'Veon Bell as my running back one. I really have no problem with that. I actually currently have him ranked as my running back five. I have him ranked higher than David Johnson and right after Zeke well, that might drop after, i tell you why. And the Zeke and the Zeke holdouts could seem to be a more serious thing. That even might change. The Young Bell might even move up. I, I think that's going to drop once I tell you why. Why? Um, I love Le'Veon Bell. Um,
1: I love Le'Veon. I'm try, I'm trying to figure out the best way to put this. Um, I'm a big Le'Veon Bell fan. To me, he is. You know, he could finish as being the greatest running back, the greatest running back. His talent is. Otherworldly, right? Adam Gase is one problem, right, that a lot of experts and, you know, us are, you know, like uh, concerned about, right? But there's another variable, and the other variable is the offensive line. The Jets, last season, last season, running black, uh, they ranked. Running black? The the, the, the offensive line. Running black. uh, Running black. (laughs) Running black. Running black. They're running blocking, right? For last Run season. blocking. Run. What is the matter with you? Uh, I'm tired, bro. Doing like too many hours. All right. They're run blocking, right? They're ranked number 32. Mm-hmm. The Dolphins. I mean, not the Dolphins. The Jets. The Dolphins ranked Get last it together, season. Get together, The Dolphins ranked last season 14. Okay? So that might show why, you know, Ken and Drake and the other running backs did okay. With Adam Gase. But the Jets offensive line needs help. They ranked thirty-two. This season, the huddle has them ranked as twenty-seven right now. As the so they're like the fifth worst offensive line. That's to me, that's a major concern, and it might be too overwhelming for Le'Veon Bell, who played for the Steelers, who had a great offensive line. You're talking about the Steelers are right now
0: ranked number three. You, none of that scares me because you're talking about Le'Veon Bell. Saquon Barkley had a terrible offensive line. Look what he did. I think where Saquon – this is where the only place – this is where I feel like Le'Veon Bell, where he might make it up. Who's better, right? Le'Veon He's, Bell or David Johnson? Nah, Le'Veon Bell, come on. All right, isn't David Johnson higher for you? Dave, David Johnson, yes. He's isn't high. his offensive line also crap? Yeah, okay, but he's
1: proved, he he proved it though, and, and Le'Veon Bell's proved it too. And, plenty and, of times. And, and the offensive scheme for uh, the Arizona Cardinals is they're gonna they're gonna play up tempo, so there's gonna be
0: much more snaps. There's gonna be that that's that's the assumption that they're gonna do because of the fact we don't know anything about this rookie. We don't. We have seen it. It has happened before. with Chip Kelly, when we have seen fantastic offensive minded college coaches come into the NFL. And not do anything about, not do anything with it, and be terrible. Now you could still be a terrible head coach, but still have a, a fancy uh, somebody produce fancy points. That could still happen. But Demarco Murray was in Philly. He was a you know he was a good running back. Demarco Murray? Yeah, Philly. Was, yeah, wasn't he in Philly? Oh no, who no Titans. Somebody else was in Philly.
1: Demarco Murray was with the no. Titans. He was in
0: Philly at one point. Demarco Murray, look it up. Pretty sure, if I'm not mistaken, Demarco Murray was in Philly one year with Chip Kelly.
1: Uh, yeah, 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 you're right, you're right, right and,
0: right. and look, he couldn't utilize him because DeMarco Murray was more like a north-south kind of runner, and Chip Kelly and he had like, different moves for his running back. Yeah. So what I'm trying to say is the thing is that it's, it's shown before that great running backs, and this is like subpar great, fantastic running backs. Like, I've always made the case that Zeke Elliott may not be the Zeke Elliott that he is if it wasn't for that great offensive line he had in the Cowboys. And then now after a couple of years of seeing him play, I'll take that back. I think that almost behind pretty much almost behind almost any offensive line he could I'm sure dominate. Saquon Barkley proved that last year. He was dominant. But Saquon Barkley is such a freak of nature athlete. And he was dominant behind find, uh, you know, let, albeit approved, improved Giants offensive line. Still not a great offensive line over there. You know what I mean? So I get it. I understand it. it's a cause for concern. I just the thing is, we don't know much about um, Cliff uh, Kingsbury, whatever his last name is. I don't know if it's Cliff. I know with a K, which is weird. But um, we don't know much about him. We don't know what to expect from Kyler Murray as as a you know the undersized rookie quarterback. So we just know that David Johnson is a really good talent. But Le'Veon Bell has shown his talents more times than David Johnson. Way more times. David Johnson had that one monster year. That's it. He had one mon- and But the thing is, that year was such a beast of a year that it would almost have 1,000 receiving yards. Like, not the receiving yards, but you know what I mean? Like, whatever. Like, just that one monster year behind a bad offense and a bad offensive line. Le'Veon Bell could do it. You know what I mean? He could still kill. Le'Veon Bell, even behind that bad offensive line, I think he's still going to kill. I think he's still going to be great for the Jets. All right, cool. So, but um, yeah, uh, that's my concern. Is just
1: the offensive line. Where I think he might make it up though is the catching. I think he's, it's gonna the be Dink fun. and Dunks. I think that's that's probably where he's going to make it up because you know he's such a you know talent. You know, as you know, his pass catching ability is is you know he's he's great. What uh what else stands out to you? Uh we should go a little bit deeper, dig in.
0: Well, I got somebody a little deeper to go into. So this is gonna want somebody you're, you're gonna to love to hear about. Go ahead, you look, you're, you're gonna love it.
1: Uh, let's try to just do the drum rolls or something. Who is
0: it? Carry on, Johnson. By the way, Melvin Gordon falling all the way to the end of the second round. He's going to be falling way under that. And it's because it looks like, you know, his hold down and his trade thing is going to be a real thing. So do not draft. We're we're very, very, very worried about drafting Melvin Gordon. Very worried about it. If you want to gamble, take gamble. But Melvin Gordon has been dropping. What what, what if
1: this happens? This is just crazy talk, right? Chiefs? All right. First round, you get Connor. Chiefs. Then you get early and then in the third round you might maybe get uh melvin gordon yeah well he's what you playing he, with fire
0: yeah he I wouldn't like, fall like to you you wouldn't no nah, i don't like it uh, uh, you don't like it all right i'm against it too, too much risk <laughs> um so carry on johnson right now is somebody else that that's trending upwards for me carry on johnson being taken early in the third round with a adp of 302 so let me tell you about Carryon Johnson. This is what I learned. Tell me about him. I love I, him. This is what I learned about uh, Jason Moore. Shout out to Jason Moore from the fantasy footballers. I learned his little uh, tidbits about him. So this is what I why he trends a little bit upwards for me as opposed to just him being a very good running back. We know he's a very good running back, but it's something else. So Daryl Bevel, the offensive coordinator for the Lions, is not known to use the running back by committee. I'm not saying that Carryon Johnson is not going to be in the committee. I'm pretty sure he's going to be in some sort of committee. You know, he's still got Zach Zenner there. You know what I mean? So it's, it's still going to be some sort of committee that's going to go over there. What I'm saying is, is that the offensive coordinator who's calling place in the plays Alliance Lions does not usually do that. Now, Bevel, the last three years as the offensive coordinator, uh, you know, as the offensive coordinator is between, you know, in Seattle and uh, over in, in Minnesota, his RB1 average – no, sorry, his last three years in Seattle. Sorry, excuse me. His last three years he was in Seattle. And on average, his running this is going to be like a little bit of roller coaster. You're going to see here, his running back ended up as RB 40 on average in the last three years in Seattle. That's scary. That does that doesn't sound good. Hold on. Before those last three years, on average, for the rest of his career before these last three years, on average, his running back ended up as running back five. Mm-hmm. What? Now, not, not to keep you on this roller coaster, right? Go ahead, come on. He did have the greatness of Adrian Peterson and Marshawn Lynch as those running backs that oh, ended yeah. up as running back five. So, but good point to what Jason Moore said that one could also make the case with North Turner that North Turner also had guys like Adrian Peterson, like Emmett Smith, Ladanian Tomlinson, and granted L-T. that, yeah, granted that also CMC Christian McCaffrey is a beast and he's great. on Johnson could also be great. Now it's unfair to say that on Johnson is as good as any of those running backs that I mentioned. It's unfair to say that you can't say on Johnson. Here. That he's good as any of those guys. But what makes it also more believable for me that he could end up as an RB1 is the targets that increase. That's what increases also my level. Over the last four seasons, because we know Theo Riddick's now in Denver, over the last four seasons, Theo Riddick has had 311 targets and 247 receptions. That is the most for any running back. Over the last four years, no one has had more targets of receptions than Theo Riddick's. When it comes to the targets and the catch in the backfield, nobody, I, I thought it was going to be like James White, somebody up that's going to have that. Nope. Or even, you know, with Le'Veon Bell, maybe. Nope. Theo Riddick has had the most, uh, Yes, my worries are still going to be there about being going against such great defenses in such a difficult conference, and the scares of the injuries are still there. But with all those targets now up for grab out of the battlefield, and the tales of this new offensive coordinator in Detroit, my love and my confidence for Carry On Johnson has done nothing but risen. So, that's my thoughts on Carry On.
1: I selected Carry On Johnson in our dynasty. He's a player that you know I watched since college. You know he played in Auburn. Uh, I selected him. In, I selected him in my other league's rookie draft. He he has a potential because he's a three down back. He could catch from the back. He could catch. He, he he's a good running uh, uh, running back. You know th- through the ground. And you know he he the only concern was is is still is his you know his knees. You know that was a problem with him in Auburn. That's why he dropped. But I know that. The Lions did trade up to get him when they drafted him. Uh, but I I do love him, especially now with Theo Riddick not involved. You're basically repeating everything
0: I just said. Yeah, no, I don't.
1: I don't. <laughs> no, I, just, I, I like him. I love him. All right, so you know what? Move on. Okay, yeah. <laughs> done. What do you want me to say? I'm just, you no. Know, just in case those that weren't paying attention, sometimes people have, you know, hopefully not, but they have, you know, background noise, background noise, and we're like the background noise, and then. You just said something, and then they just start catching, paying attention, and then I say it. It's like, oh, that makes sense. I pre- and then I, I take the credit. Then I take the
0: credit. <laughs> I, I, I appreciate that. Thank you. <laughs> I appreciate you. You you doing it for the for the better the, for the better of the better. You know, some girl. people
1: might add. You know, so it is what it is. Uh nah, but I do love carry on, John.
0: So rounds three to four, which other running back stands out to you?
1: Three to four, Devontae Freeman. He's been playing an exceptional offense. He's a player that I'll be targeting. I just mentioned him before that uh I, I you know I was uh, upset, you know, a little, not upset, but disappointed that I, I wasn't able to get him in our startup a dynasty draft. Uh but who is he gonna compete snaps with? You know, you got Edo Smith who had an opportunity last season, you know, they drafted him and he 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 didn't take he didn't he didn't take it, you know. Devontae Freeman has shown that he's a RB1 time and time again. He could catch, and he could run. He could be a three-down back, you know. And he's going to play for an explosive offense. And you're going to you're get him in the late of the third round. I think
0: you're getting tremendous value with Devontae Freeman. He's a player. Um, Yeah, but some people still haven't forgiven him last year for being hurt the way he was. Uh, I mean, granted, it's not his fault that he was hurt, of course. But some people have still not forgiven him for that. I like Devontae Freeman specifically for his ADP. Uh, I'm not to say he's a safe play, but I am to say that he is a great talent at that price. So, you know, a lot of people took him last year as like his, you know, like their first RB. And maybe they might take him again as their first RB now, but after taking two wide receivers, two or, you know, whatever, you know, two or three wide receivers, whatever the case may be. So, um... You know, it's just, it's just a major scare about getting hurt. That's a big, big scare for Devontae Freeman. You know, and he's had that one great year, but at the same time, you know, he's not as good as, like, a Saquon Barkley, or Christian McCaffrey, Alvin Kamara to put that much trust in him, but he's definitely good enough to be an RB1. In, in
1: 2015, he finished as a number one, number one running
0: back. Right, but he's still not as in good as In 2016, as the number six running back. Right.
1: Was something he just, in he 2017, he Number 13 running backs. and in those so last he's dropping, two seasons, you're telling me. No. Well, he had uh, – let me finish. And those last two seasons, besides last season, obviously he got hurt, right? He had Tevin Coleman who was taking snaps away from him. Tevin Coleman was taking snaps away from him. Tevin Coleman was being selected in the mid of the draft. Well, because they were used
0: both – you know, they are both used pretty well. They were well. being utilized,
1: right? But now you have Devonta Freeman who has an opportunity – an opportunity to be a bell cow, like the running backs that they have there: Hill, uh, Ito Smith, and the big guy. I forgot the the, the rookie guy that got, they got. They, they got uh whatever. Got, forgot his name, but it doesn't matter. Those guys are not no Tevin Coleman. No, 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 no. And I, and I think this is what gives. Even Devontae Freeman even more of an opportunity No, no, to I'm excel. saying
0: he's not as good as like a Saquon Barkley or a like Lev Bell or Ezekiel Elliott or Christian McCaffrey. He's not as good as like any of those guys, but he's good enough to still be an RB1. If any of those guys got hurt and missed the entire, like missed most of the season, like what Devontae Freeman did to you, if Saquon Barkley or Christian McCaffrey did to you last year, what Devontae Freeman did to you and got hurt, you'll still forgive him and you'll take him still as like a top three pick.
1: Mm-hmm. Any
0: of those guys. Devonte Freeman is not as good as those guys. Hence that's why I'm I but he's still good enough to be an RB one. I still love him at that price. You know what I mean? Yeah. So yeah. The, th- the
1: other guy is Kadri Allison. Ah. Yeah. Ooh, sure.
0: Yeah. Uh somebody else that I wanted to talk about too within, um Going between these third and fourth rounds is David Montgomery. Now, the reports keep coming in that David Montgomery is great. and Now, the Bears picked him up for a reason to play him and all this and that. And, yeah, and a Matt Nagy offense and a running back by committing it works for him. I mean, even Jordan Howard, if you look at Jordan Howard last year, as unexciting as he was, he still ended up as an RB20. But Montgomery, to me, is so expensive. For a rook for a rookie running back who isn't like you know, like a Zeke Elliott behind like a massively great offensive line, it, it's hard to take so early, especially when this R B is going to be in a definite committee. You know he's gonna be in the committee. Guys like Saquon and Zeke, they weren't gonna be in the committee when they were drafted as rookies. They know yep. they were gonna be the main guy. Um but yeah, like, you know, like, like, same thing, like even Josh Jacobs. Josh Jacobs is going earlier than Dave Montgomery. It, he doesn't have the competition for the touches that they that in Oakland, like David Montgomery has in Chicago. Tariq Cohen, Mike Davis, still going to be there, still going to take away some touches, still going to take away some goal line work, going to take away some pass catching abilities. But if Dave Montgomery does, in fact, get a lot more of the pass catching work, then it might be a value for the dude where you're taking him at the ADP of 404. Um, it's, you're more than likely taking him as your RB2. It really might not pay off. Maybe I'll take him in one league because I'm in five leagues, So maybe he's one of the leagues I'll take him because of the upside, and I'll probably take a gamble there with it. I just think he's too expensive for a rookie running back to sit such a committee. It's too much for me, I think. I, I, I do agree
1: there. You got Mike Davis. You got Terry Cohen, and he's a rookie running back. He has to show it, and, you know, we have seen what – the Bears have done with uh, Jordan Howard and Tariq Cohen. So eating me again. Yeah, no, no. no. <laughs> Taking credit for my work. All right. So what do you want me to say? All right. <laughs> move on. I agree. Move on. Caso
0: Cerrado. Um, that's the timer, right? That's una hora. That's one hour. That's yeah. been the time. We're going to have to break this up into two parts. Yeah. It looks like it. Yeah. All right. So we're going to have to do uh running back part two going to have to come up we have to finish all the rest of the running backs we did only the first four rounds tomorrow we got to get more into it and do the rest but of the wait rounds. but wait what i got more to say no no i'm all sure right. you do i do too and part two <laughs> <Da-da-da>. <laughs> all right party people that's the episode that we have going on now um once again follow us on um, on our instagram at bfb podcast on our twitter at bfb podcast follow us we'll keep you up to date as much as we can we'll start off with our running back discussions part two we will get you ready for your draft we'll give you all the great insight and all the great tidbits all that and much more coming up on this season of the better Fantasy girl podcast success Left party people peace see ya tomorrow
1: tomorrow see you tomorrow peace party be your face. bye